In this episode, Sean and I and the rest of you are on lockdown. I don't have any clever lines, so let's just get right into this thing. How are you doing, Curry? I'm doing okay. Uh, this weekend's been pretty crazy. Um, we're trying to get the kids all ready because their school is online this week. Um, and my wife is also a teacher and they're scrambling to teach online. And so I've been trying to help, you know, where I can with her. Um, but we're in a good spot now. We, we've got some routines established. We got food in the fridge. So I'm feeling okay. How about you, buddy? Good. Same thing. You know, my two kids are out of school. All the, all the schools are shut down and, um, uh, along with Jim Julius helping out and trying to get faculty ready for finishing out this semester and doing the best that we can. So it is a lot in front of us and it's really changing very quickly. I mean, even I think when listeners hear this, a lot of things will have changed by then. And it just seems like, you know, we're, we're in a world that, you know, obviously in, in my lifetime, I, I've never experienced anything like this. So this is a this is a learn as you go process, and um, just kind of wanting to help to figure it out with everybody else for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. So one of the things we want to talk about in this episode is is just confronting the reality of teaching online, and and we wanted to start by just talking a little bit about what online teaching is from our experience. And so, Sean, how long have you been teaching online, and, and what what's got so, you to where you are? I've been teaching online for about five to six years now. And um, I started off teaching online because I kind of knew that was the way things were going and in order to, you know, stay um, relevant, at least because I was very early in my career, I I would need to have some online teaching uh, experience. And so I took all the courses that I uh, could take and got the certifications. Um, You and I were on the Canvas transition team when our when our um, campus went from Moodle and Blackboard to Canvas exclusively. And so I've been teaching for quite a bit. I feel good about where I'm at teaching online now. I feel comfortable, but obviously it's just like teaching face-to-face. It's never a finished product. So there's always some tweaking and and retooling to do. How about you? Yeah. So, and I've been teaching, I think for about, I think seven years now, Um, maybe a little longer than that. And I've taught when I started teaching online, I just, you know, I've always had at least one class every semester, um, taught summers online. Same with you, just kind of gobbled up every resource I could get, um, been going to conferences. And I'm, I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with what I know about teaching online. But what's also true is uh, there's a lot of tools that are always new uh, to, to figure out. There's always a learning curve. Things always get updated and changed a little bit. So, you know, um, and, and, I'm actually taking classes right now, even though I've I've taught for a long time online um, and I'm thinking about whole new ways of doing it, how to design a class. And I think, so for me, online teaching is about offering a dynamic teaching and learning experience for those students, right? In that space. I mean, that's really the goal. And so how do we design it? How do we organize it? Um, How do we support our students? But that's not what we're all about to do, right? That's not what Miracosta is asking us to do. That's not how we're responding. So how are you thinking of those things as different things? You know, um, in addition to the experience of teaching online, I was fortunate to be the interim faculty director of online education. 
yeah. really out on sabbatical. Yeah. And those are huge shoes to fill. And those shoes are getting bigger by the day with Jim's responsibilities increasing so much, um, you know, amid this crisis. And so, I, 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 yeah, that is not what we're doing. We are not developing fully online courses. We're not kind of, you know, utilizing the best known practices and things like that. This is really just an emergency situation where we're trying to get most of our face-to-face courses uh, to be taught remotely, right? This is remote instruction. We're not even calling it online instruction because it's not, you know, there there is a distinction between the two. And so we, we want folks to know that you do not have to, you know, develop this totally dynamic and awesome online course in order to get students and yourselves to the finish line here um, for the spring semester. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I, so the, the class I'm teaching right now that I'm moving into a remote space is English 202. And mm-hmm. I've also this semester started thinking about um, how I might put that course online. And so I've started developing some course design, some content, um, but I'm, I'm totally putting that on hold. I'm, I'm, even though I teach online and I've got online courses and I want this course to be online, I'm pausing that and I'm going to teach this class remotely. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing with me. I have, you know, courses, I, I usually teach introduction to sociology online. Um, I have an intro course face-to-face and I have a one thirty course face-to-face this semester and I'm not trying to do what I do in my online courses with these courses that that would take way too much time. So much. Really, yeah, this is just about getting what the students need again to finish out. And so, yeah, we're talking about that. I think it's good for us to talk about kind of basic student needs and basic instructor needs and before we even jumped onto this podcast, you know, you were talking about being predictable, being simple, and talking about routines and, and how those can sometimes turn into ruts. Yeah. But those routines and those ruts may be something that we need right now just for kind of to, to establish some comfort with um, people who are going to be new in, in this new remote learning environment that we're creating. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, the rut is the thing we want to avoid normally in teaching because it's good, you know, class becomes boring, students are less engaged, they figure out how to game our systems. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think in, in this, this, these challenging times, the rut is exactly where we should go, because the rut is going to create not just that predictability, but it'll put boundaries around what students, you know, uh, 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 are expecting of a course, right? They'll, they'll know that as long as I get in this rut and keep going, I'll be successful. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Canvas is really good for establishing those kind of routines for students and that kind of structure. You know, when I look at my online class for uh, so introduction to sociology, it's kind of like there's a page that says, here's what we're going to do. Here's all the things we're going to do, what we're going to learn. And then it goes right into, here are the readings, here's a quiz on the readings, here's another supplemental reading, here's a discussion on the reading, and then a final page that says, this is what we did, right? And that, to me, is very predictable, very simple. You have a similar format for your face-to-face classes, or even if you don't and you just want to convert it into that simple format, is something that you can get done relatively easy uh, with the Canvas basics. Yeah, 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 for sure. And we're going to get into those tools and kind of the 
why would you use this tool or why would you set it up? We'll get into that at an, in a kind of high level in a little bit. Um, what what do you think? It's just kind of what other instructor needs are you anticipating? Like what our colleagues right now, you uh, yourself, what what do you feel like you really need as an instructor in this moment um, to, to feel confident and move forward? Uh, I'm thinking I need the same thing that the students need, and that's flexibility in time, yeah. right? I mean, our schedules are being pushed back a week, and for us to have kind of rigid deadlines and, and to be hard on not just ourselves, but the students, I think is going to add more stress to an already stressful situation. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows what later today looks like right at, at a national scale so it's like you know for my class i really just want to i think me being flexible with students will help uh, alleviate some of the stress that i'm experiencing too so i i think in uh, that that's primarily what i need right now is is that flexibility yeah totally agree totally and i and i and i'm thinking so I'm really grateful we get that extra week to do some planning and 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 hopefully I'm imagining and without outing or like um, um, what's the word uh, <laughs> what am I what do you do when you um, say the end of a movie I don't know I can't think of this word right now spoilers. oh spoiler alert <laughs> without spoilers I think there's going to be workshops for us uh, during that week I'm sure there will be but what I'm thinking of is the first week we start and I think what I'm going to really want and I think my students are going to want this too, is just time to learn the new routine, right? Just time to learn the, 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 the tools, the system, whatever it is we create without getting into English stuff too quickly, right? So I, I'm thinking that I want some time to play with these discussion boards, maybe play with Zoom with my students, just, just to like the cognitive load is on the learning the, the, the routine not yet on diving into articles and analysis and building the next essay, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that my students and I are going to need a little buffer and then we'll get back in. Is that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that goes both ways because a lot of instructors will be using these tools for the very first time. And certainly a lot of students are going to be uh, exposed to this. You know, there's a reason that a lot of students don't take online classes, right? They may be intimidated by that. They may, uh, feel like that is not something that they want to do. So, yeah, I think that a buffer in both ways is going to be important. So here's one other thing that um, my colleagues, uh, uh, actually Tyrone Nagai, he brought up last week when we were starting to talk about this stuff. Um, one thing that he was saying our students are going to need is a restart. It's It's pretty much like starting the semester over again, even though we've Ben, we're halfway through and we've built some community. Um, yeah. He's anticipating we're going to have to take a moment to really rebuild that community, right? Um, so that's that's something I want to keep in mind as well. I think so. Yeah, I think so too, because this is two weeks that they've been off, right? Right. And coming back to a totally different environment with the same group of people, but a totally different environment, totally different way of learning. Yeah, I think a re a restart and kind of icebreaker start, uh, back to basics yep. you know this is this is how we're going to move forward is is necessary it's not like we could just pick up where we left off right that's that's, right. that's yep. not what we're doing here yeah. yeah yeah so thinking of my course as having a part one and a part two with an intermission in the between so so you know <laughs> it needs a reintroduction uh, uh, all that that kind of rebuilding momentum um and so i want to think about how i'm going to do that
Um, well, I talked about the basic structure of my classes, and but moving things online is different in that I typically have, you know, a, you know, doing announcements in the beginning of class, right, which now can be done via Canvas, via the announcements, and then getting into, you know, what I call like a mini lecture, right? Maybe like 20 minutes, 25 minutes about talking about some kind of content and then getting into some kind of discussion or active learning activity, right? Yeah. And that, so those things got to be modified. I feel like being able to do the mini lecture via Zoom is still going to be very possible and maybe even more flexible so that students can watch it and rewatch it if need be. But then getting into the activities and doing that either asynchronously or synchronously, so meaning like not at the same time or at the same time is going to be a challenge. But I think I'm going to opt for an asynchronous option just to keep up with that theme of flexibility because I know now with K through 12 schools shut down, you know, many jobs being endangered, there's just so much going on that I, I, I can't expect students to be on any kind of regular schedule. Yeah, no, it's a So that's, yeah. So let's, let's dive into that issue uh, in a second. Um, so you're saying that if you, so the basics, what's this class again? I'm sorry. You, I know you said it. Sociology. This is, um, well, I have an introduction to sociology class and then also an introduction to gender studies class. Okay. Okay, cool. And so, and do you feel like you've got the same format in both? It sounds like there's a yeah. lecture, there's an activity. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of like a sandwich deal. Like we'll do an activity. Maybe I'll ask them like a guiding question and then we'll get into uh, the lecture and then we'll follow that up with with an activity and then maybe something very short at the end that kind of ties everything together. So what's that short thing that ties it together usually? So it's usually another small lecture that could be like five or 10 minutes that introduces the next concept and, or the next piece of content that, that makes what we just did make more sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. so, for example, you know, I could give you an example. I'll have um, a short lecture on social stratification and social class, and then we'll play like stratified monopoly, right? <laughs> and, yeah, and so where everybody starts off with different dollar amounts, you get different amounts when you pass go, blah blah blah. It's it's really fun. People love it. I love that. It's more true to life. Yeah. And so, um, and after. I'll start talking about this idea of cultural capital and like what you know about culture and what you know about quote unquote being successful is, is really important to doing well in life, but then also doing well in monopoly. And we talk about who here plays monopoly, who has a monopoly board at home. Did you play monopoly with your family growing up? And some people have never played it and some people have played it. And so they obviously those who've played it more have an advantage and so that's what I mean by that, like five minutes, 10 minutes at the end, something that, you know, reinforces what we just did, but makes it make more sense too. Cool. So there's, there's a tie in to some kind of sociological, maybe term or concept that right. frames the, the kind of the activity they just engaged. Uh, totally. Awesome. So let me ask you, what about assessments? So what kind of assignments, uh, is it quizzes? Is it exams? Is it essays? What? for you yeah so they do quizzes uh individually and in teams like every two weeks and it's the same quiz 
And that's what I offer in my online classes as well, but they don't do it in teams in my um, online classes. And, you know, we, we do have midterms and finals, but there's a lot of writing assignments. So every two weeks, they also have a two page writing assignment. Okay. And do those flip flops? So like they've got a page one week and a quiz the next week. It's sort of, or is that exactly. exactly. Yes. Cool. All right. So I, so, okay. So if I, if I tell me if, if I got it, so a given week, a student is going to encounter a, a lecture, an activity, and then a tie together. And that's like a class meeting. So in a, in a given class meeting, a lecture, an activity, and tie together. Mm -hmm. and that week, they either have a two-page write-up or a quiz. That's right. That's the basic rhythm. That's the basic rhythm. Sweet. Um, so, okay, so let's, 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 I'm going to sort of, I'm taking notes, but let's, uh, let's pause that. We can talk about my class a little bit. And then yeah, we can talk about what, what tools. Okay. So for my English 202 class, um, I usually have some kind of like uh, class community check-in. That's how I start every class. How are we doing? How's the weekends? Uh, how the draft go? You know, that kind of thing. And then I usually try to point them towards some kind of relevant resource. You know, so, you know, could be the writing center. I feel like they're in that space where they could use that support. Um, when we were uh, approaching our primaries, it was vote, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So. Trying to make it, trying to make the class relevant to what's going on, but also as a way to warm up and ease into kind of the conversation. Um, the next thing I always do is um, in two, English 202 is we have small group discussions about the reading. Um, and in 202, it's I've created a discussion leader role. This is one way I'm trying to increase equity in the class. So uh, every unit, and there's three units, um, a student has to be a, a leader of a small group once, and, and I'm really prescriptive about what I want them to do, right? And so some students are nervous, so I tell them, hey, before the discussion leader day, come into my office. We'll go over the reading together. We'll prepare your notes together. You'll be totally set up, right? Um, yeah. So, so that, that part of the class takes about, um, I would say, half hour to 45 minutes. That's like almost half the class is them in small groups talking about the reading being led by one of their peers and they're they're working in google docs to answer critical thinking questions that i've sort of set up for them right um after that so that's usually we take our break right around that time and then after the break the last half of class we have some kind of activity around taking our ideas to um, um towards the uh, an essay that's coming up so that activity could be brainstorming on whiteboards that activity could be um, taking previous brainstorms and putting them into paragraphs, um, or it could be sharing current drafts and getting a little bit of feedback. So it's some kind of writing process thing that happens in that second half of class. Um, and, and, and in 202, I really do try to shake it up. It's like, I don't want us always writing in a notebook. It's always like, it's on whiteboards today, or it's in a Google Doc today, or we're doing it out loud today. Um, right. Yeah, but the basic thing is, yeah, some kind of writing process. Well, awesome. So basically you have kind of a starting off with a what's going on, what's going on with you, what's going on out in the world, and then um, connecting them to something that is relevant to that what's going on, yep. and then having these small groups with the leader designated and getting them to think about some questions, taking a small break, and then doing an activity that gets them to the writing. So it's a t it seems like they're taking a lot of 
small but intentional steps to that essay writing process. That's right. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Awesome. And the first, yeah, the first half is reading based. Second half is writing based. And yeah, all those pieces are meant to build towards that, that, that big essay. Cool. cool. Very nice. So taking that online. Yeah. Taking that remote to remote instruction. Yeah. So I'm, so where I said, you know, in the, that writing process part, I always want to shake it up. I don't want it to feel boring or predictable. I'm definitely going to make it boring and predictable. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. Right. So I'm thinking, so let me start at the beginning. Um, I'm thinking of um, weekly announcements that I'm going to um, bullet point, but also record in a quick three minute video. And that's going to be my, Hey, how are we doing this week? Um, you know, here's, here's what I'm seeing that that could probably help us out. And then I'll probably invite them to respond. You can set up announcements. Um, I've seen the button. I've never done it, but I I've seen, you can make announcements. Uh, they can reply. Right. Or you might just, you, you can do that. Have you done that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. By accident, I did that. So, <laughs> so I'm going to do that intentionally. <laughs> and I'll try to encourage them to, to, to get into that space too. Hey, hey, here's how I'm going. Here's what I found that's been helping me. Maybe even if it's just like a silly uh, meme that's kind of given them a, a positive outlook on life at this particular moment, that might be a, just a cool space for us to continue our, our community check-ins. Um, I'm already using Google Docs for that reading-based discussion, and that those Google Docs are already set up where the discussion leader's name is in a table and below are blank spaces, and my students are already used to like picking their group and filling in their names. So I might pick the groups for them, at least for the first couple of weeks, so that that's not even a thing, right? They just yeah. go in, they see their name, they just kind of work together. Um, I'm going to use Zoom and I'm going to try to hold meetings at the same time um, that we normally have scheduled class. And the way I'm thinking of accommodating students that can't make it to those meetings is um, first I'll record the Zoom session, but I'm also going to send out the Google Doc um, um, that day, kind of, you know, in that announcement. So yeah. if, if they can get to it three hours later, they still see where their name is and they still have some space there. They can contribute, they can read, they can kind of follow along. And if they have the Zoom recording, they can also listen. They can even do it while they're listening to the Zoom recording, right? Um, right. So that's the idea there. And then I think for the drafting stuff, um, I think I'm going to use either Canvas assignments or Canvas discussion boards or maybe even a separate Google Doc, just depending on what that is, right? And I haven't totally gotten my head around this, and I'd love it for if it was just one thing so I can build in that predictability. Um, but it's, it's, it's just kind of different what we produce when we brainstorm or when we're drafting and that kind of thing. So that's why I'm, I'm not totally sure what tool I'll use. Um, but, but the goal there is just, you know, probably this is probably how I'll set it up. Take some snippets from what we just talked about about the reading. Think about where your essay draft is right now and then add to what you've got. That'll probably be the basic move, right? So if the first week it's, I've got nothing. And so, okay, cool, we're gonna brainstorm. But then the next week it's, you've got some brainstorming, but we've got some new ideas. Let's put those in paragraphs, right? And just sort of something that snowballs that just grows larger and larger. And I, I got it, like I said, I'm not totally sure which of those tools, assignments, discussion boards, or another Google doc is gonna work best, but I think it will be one of those three. 
Yeah, I think that this is a solid plan. Um, I'm going to totally <laughs> strip down what I do, um, make this as simple as possible. I'm going to have the announcements, you know, posted on a weekly basis and maybe even on the two days that we're supposed to meet, which my classes this semester were meeting on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yep. And same thing, I'm going to have a Zoom session where I uh, have a recording uh, where I record my lectures and, and the, the basically go over the expectations and the things they need to be doing and the things that they need to be thinking about and record those and make those available to them so they can take it at any time. And then having virtual office hours yeah. and then those virtual office hours, kind of having a plan for those virtual office hours to reiterate expectations and what we're doing and things like that, but also have some space and time available if people do show up and have questions, of course, that's really what it's there for. But I found that when you do virtual office hours, sometimes you can be sitting there alone. Yeah. I hear a lot of uh, you know colleagues talk about that. Yeah. And for me, like the way that I've adjusted to that is just by kind of having something ready for me to just say and, and something for me to do while I'm sitting there in front of the computer so that they can um, get something out of it in terms of a recording of, of me going over class expectations. Um, the, so that'll take care of that kind of mini lecture part with the, with the recorded video. And then the quizzes I can put all online fairly easily with Canvas, you know, that's just time consuming. Right. The uh, discussions, I'm going to just move to the discussion board and I'm going to really ask people to to do it the way that they would like to do it if they want to type things out or if they want to make a short video, audio recording, however they want to do that, whatever they're comfortable with. And that'll get the discussion piece out. And then as soon as they finish posting that, that's when my little five-minute lecture, 10-minute lecture that ties everything together or introduces a new concept, that's where it's going to come out. So I could really preserve a lot of what I do, but it'll just be asynchronous now. And I do want to say like a lot of what I really take a lot of pride in in my teaching is um, the small group and, uh, and the team facilitation, you know? It's one of my favorite parts of the job, and I feel like after doing it for six, seven years here, I, I, I do it pretty well, but I know that I'm going to be sacrificing that you know dynamic part of my class. I, I could still have my personality shine through in the lectures, you know, hopefully, but I, I know that just because of where we're at and what the goal is right now, which is getting as many people to the finish line of this semester, you know, um, I, I feel like I am totally good with sacrificing some of them because there are other options. You could like have these live Zoom sessions where you have people go into breakouts, right? And, and do all of those kind of things. And then you'd have to have them all together at the same time. But I foresee a lot of issues with attendance with those kind of things. And so I, I just, at this point, really don't want to force it. And so I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice that and, and move to the discussion boards, use that tool in Canvas along with um, uh, Zoom to, to accomplish what I need to do here. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, so I've been using Zoom in my fully online classes um, since the very first semester I, I taught. Um, actually, Stephen Dina, he, he was offering um, library orientations online when we were using CCC Confer, that old thing. Um, 
and I was amazed uh, how like so first time I was in the same space with my online students. It was awesome. So I've always used it and I, I require it. And I, I'll tell you what, it, there's always an alternate assignment that students can do. So it is the case that students just have another class or a conflict. And so they, you know, there's just other there's parity. Um, and but so some semesters I get six out of 25 students that come to these things because that's just what it is. But some mm -hmm. semesters I get 19 to 20 of the 25 wow. that come. And it's it's awesome, you know, and it, it so these are unusual circumstances. And you're right, it's we can't predict or or expect students to be in spaces at, at the same time because we can barely we have no idea what's gonna happen tomorrow ourselves. Yeah. Um, but I think I think so I guess what the point I'm trying to make is um, I think each of us needs to do what we feel will best support our students, and then we need to respond to the realities we 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 account you know encounter right. Um, oh, yeah. You know, instead of you know, and and I'm not accusing this you of this. I'm sort of just putting this out there just just for, for thinking. But like, uh, uh, I don't think we should be making decisions because we're worried something won't work. I think if we think it'll work, and we know that there's alternate routes around it, we can accommodate folks that can't access it. We should do it, and then we should then say, okay, that didn't work. We're going to try this other thing. Does that? Do you agree with that, or does that make sense? Yeah, I, and and I think that's the way I operate most of the time. Yes, you know, and I, just with the pressure of the whole world pivoting right now, that my thinking is stripping it down to what I what I can predict will what I what I think will work in all likelihood, right? Yeah. As opposed to trying things right now that may not pan out. But, but I, 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 I do agree with you that, that, that our decision shouldn't be driven by like, if something isn't gonna work, but I'm kind of also holding on to what I think will definitely work, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a tough balance right now, yeah. Right. And I, I guess what I'm saying is each of us is going to come to that confidence. We're going to say, this is definitely going to work. Right. And, and, but we'll feel that way about different tools. Like I feel that way about zoom. Uh, cause I'm feeling like, okay, if we are all isolated, this yeah. could be a really beneficial, just, we might look forward to this, you know, cause it's when we hang out with other people. Uh, and, and there might be ways to bend schedules because we want to be there. So but I don't think that that means we should all use Zoom. And I guess that's 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 the point you and I are making right now. It's we need to, as instructors, strip our courses down, make it as predictable and accommodating for students as we can, but within the tools and the the, the systems that we feel confident in. Yeah, and having a learning management system like Canvas, you know, um, and I know most instructors use it. You know, there are a lot of things that you can do there to make it predictable and simple. Again, I know we already talked about that, but just kind of looking at the basic um, Canvas guides and the support that's available online, the tutorial videos, those kind of things, you can learn a lot in a short amount of time that can get your course to this basic structure that you need to survive the rest of the semester. And um, I think that for students who have taken online classes, then they're gonna you know, recognize those tools and be quick to it. And for the other students that don't, you know, the most basic tools on there, I think are pretty intuitive where they are going to be able to get used to what kind of routine you're trying to establish pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, 
what what do you what's like two or three basic tools that you think if someone's listening to this and 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 they can just go start looking something up like instead of looking at the humongous list of all things in canvas what's what's two three tools you think are pretty bread and butter so i think looking at inbox to communicate with your students you know because of FERPA and other privacy laws, you got to think about communicating grades and, and feedback and assignments. Um, that communication with students should happen through the LMS, through the inbox feature that's all the way to the left on the universal uh, navigation to, uh, bar there. So that's one. Announcements, very important to use announcements, blast things out to the entire class, and then getting those announcements, uh, looking up how to put those announcements posted on your front page of your Canvas is really important too, so that when students log in, they can see the first one, two, or three announcements that you've put out, and they have easy access to them. And then uh, Studio, which is the video management system in Canvas. If you're not going to go the route, the, you know, you're not going to use Zoom, or if you are going to use Zoom, but there's another option for a video management system in Canvas called Studio. You can record your videos there. You can do screenshots. You can screencast. So you can do your lectures there. And what's really great about it is students can... Um, put in their own questions and comments at different points in your video, and you can also track the the viewing um, statistics of of each student and for the entire class. So you'll be able to see if students have been watching those videos. So I think those three things: the inbox in Canvas, the announcements, and Studio are really important for you to get a very quick crash course on, so that you can start using them even at their most basic levels. Cool, right on. I think um, I think modules is actually a good starting point uh, as well. Uh, modules is a is a, a very easy. Oh, do you? <laughs> I said, oh, do you? Well, okay. And I am for folks who know this about us. Yeah, <laughs> I am totally. normally very anti-module, but yes, I'm very really pro-module. So this is where we differ. But then to hear him say this kind of get up in my chair a little bit. I know. Well, exact. So again, we are going into the rut. This, if we <laughs> want linearity and ruts, you go to modules. That's why we're going there. <laughs> oh. okay. All right. Yeah. So, so, but I think what's great about modules for what we're doing, uh, you can open one, call it week eight or week nine. Okay. We're starting at week nine. And then inside of that, you can give that very simple step, right? And it can just like for my class, it's um, um, community check-in or class warm-up. The next thing I can link under there is, you know, reading discussion, reading leader, and then a space to go to the Google Doc. And then the other thing is drafting. And they can just see three things for Monday and three things for Wednesday. Very clean, very easily to, easy to organize access. Um, so I think modules is a good tool to, to look up. Um, I also think uh looking up speed grader um i know in my discipline is it similar to what you were saying sean communication with students in a protected space is really important and um in my discipline giving feedback uh is just like what we do that's the core of, of our work um but there's lots of options in speed grader um not only can you use its tools to annotate um but you can also record or upload media so if you screencast yourself looking at their screen you can sort of give them some quick feedback. 
You can just record microphones so they can just hear audio. Um, but there's also a, a way to attach files. And something I've been encouraging my, my colleagues in the letters department uh, to do is we could still print work. We can still handwrite comments. And there's apps you can get on your, your you know, mobile devices that will scan and then create a PDF and you can put that right back into SpeedGrader. So I, 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 so SpeedGrader, looking that up, figuring out those options. And again, just kind of what do you do right now to give students feedback and, and how can SpeedGrader accommodate that? I think that's a, a, another good place to start. So I'd recommend those two tools, modules and SpeedGrader. Totally. Yeah. Good. Cool. Hey, uh, so just real fast, I, I, I want to loop back and, and we'll, we'll probably wrap this up quickly, but um, I'm thinking about my students who, when we're having a class conversation, um, already it's a little intimidating to contribute. And, and we get to a good spot where everybody feels pretty confident and, and, and I can get a lot of people engaged. But, it's, but online, there's a new element there because now people are looking at your writing. You don't just get to raise your hand and speak out loud. Um, yeah. Right. And, and I, I really appreciate, Sean, that you're saying, and so it's going to be open, like contribute however you're comfortable contributing and there's going to be options. But mm -hmm. I, I, I would say in addition to that, I'm going to make it crystal clear that you're allowed to misspell words in this space. You are allowed to forget punctuation in this space. That yeah. what we're doing here is hashing ideas. We are not worried about what it appears to be. Right. Does that do, what do you think about that? I yeah, I, I agree with that. And one more thing kind of jumping off of that is opening up a discussion board that is just for questions and concerns. Yes. This is kind of a regular practice in online teaching and learning, yep. but I mean even going beyond the class. I think people just need a space yep. right now right. to talk about like what's going on with them, the questions that they have. Like there's so much uncertainty in all areas of life right now that just to give them a little bit of space where they can um, vent or, or express their concerns or possibly ask questions to you that you could direct them or ask questions to each other yeah. and, and get help and, and kind of develop, you know, this, uh, that sense of community again, right? Because uh, there's things like, like school districts that are giving out free lunches and, and there's different locations for where that's happening. And, you know, just another uh, mode for them to um, to have that kind of space to talk about what's going on with them and not just as their status as a student, but just a person who's experiencing this with everybody else. But to your thing, yes, I, I think that it's totally appropriate to kind of let those things slide and let those things go of the you know many things that we've had to let go this spring semester. I think we can also do with some typos and some misspellings here and there. Yeah, well, and it's, I'm, I guess the point I'm making is especially in that space, right, where yeah. where what we're asking for is is reactions and collaborations, and the the goal there is ideas, and it's not sentence crafting, right? In right. other spaces, we do want the, to maintain those standards that that oh, rigor, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I can just see you know students who are already you know intimidated by by sharing now even more so in spaces where. Oh my God, they're looking at everything, right? That, uh, right. Um, so yeah, so we'll, yeah, um, we will figure this out. <laughs> we're doing every day from here on out, right? That's right. That's right. Well, it's good talking to you, man. Um, good to you too. And we hope that for our listeners here, this is 
helpful. You know, we're trying to develop a series here in this state of emergency um, where we can just support each other and get some information and, and some helpful tools and tricks out to our colleagues and to students. And we will be here. Um, our format's changing considerably, just as everything else is. And um, we hope to have other people on too that can hopefully add some clarity in, in this muddy situation that we're in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll we'll definitely keep, keep to our Wednesday uh, schedule, but we might have a couple bonus pods here and there. Um, right. And we also we also have some cool stuff that we that we had planned that we'll just delay. We'll we'll come back to the normal uh, when we get to the normal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Very much looking forward to the normal. Me too. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Curry. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Talk to you later. All right. This episode was produced and engineered by Kelly Barnett. James Garcia created the show notes and manages our social media. Episodes of the Safe Topics podcast are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please download and subscribe. Thank you for listening.